What's up, guys? Steven Milhausen here. Walk with the Fight Club. It is Thursday, July the 8th, 2021. But by the time you listen to this, it will be Friday, July the 9th, 2021. This has been a week. Actually, it's been a day. <laughs> if you really, really think about it, man, I was all prepared to head to Las Vegas in a couple weeks for Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3 from T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. And it's not looking too good for that fight happening. We may have a breaking news podcast tomorrow, so on Friday. So we shall see. And then a very bizarre UFC 264 press conference with Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier ahead of their clash on Saturday from the sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I should have went to that one, knowing that we're not going to get COVID. <laughs> we'll get into that more more than likely tomorrow. Also, change podcast hosts. We're no longer on Audio Boom, now on Red Circle. Been hearing a lot of great things about Red Circle. I'm like, let's give it a shot here. And so far, I've had it a couple. Everything's uploaded. Everything's rocking and rolling. This is the first official new podcast going on to the new page. So looking forward to that. Red Circle is pretty good. A lot of good places on there. Fightful with Sean Rossat. We got Wrestling Inc. So a lot of really, really, really interesting stuff. So, But Red Circle so far aces in my eyes but because of that not only is there one guest today there is two we will begin with steven wonderboy thompson as he is in the co-main event of ufc 264 against former fellow welterweight title challenger gilbert burns huge fight for wonderboy thompson huge fight and it's plain and simple. A win, a very decisive win, puts him, to me, puts him in the driver's seat against to go against welterweight champion Kabara Usman. We talk about plenty. We talk about the title shot. We talk about his awesome hair. Him, me, th- me idiotically thinking he was married. We talk about his brother-in-law, Chris Weidman. And a whole lot more. Some really, I thought some really good, gritty stuff with Wonderboy Thompson. And then the Sugar Shack, one of the fastest rising stars in the UFC, Sugar Sean O'Malley. First time talking to Sean O'Malley, and it was definitely a treat. I will put the video up on YouTube on Friday. My goodness, that hat, the jersey, that kid's got some swag. He kicks off the main card against Chris Montino. Late replacements. He was supposed to face Luis Smoka. Smoka contracted staff infection. And no, after going through a list of opponents, Montino was the one that stepped up. We talked a lot about O'Malley's rise. Because I really view Sean O'Malley like a Ryan Garcia or Javante Davis and Jake and Logan Paul. I really, in terms of social media and other ventures that he's doing 
to put himself out there where other guys and girls aren't doing that. He's kind of really steering the ship and creating his own path, and that has already allowed him to become, and plus what he's done in the octagon, becoming one of the fastest rising stars in all of combat sports. So my first time talking to Sean O'Malley, so is definitely a pleasure. Don't forget, guys, it's simple. Podcasts is everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. Yes, me and Stitcher are back in business. All your favorite podcasting platforms. It's simple, guys. Just subscribe and rate the podcast. Plain and simple. It's all you really got to do. Give it a review. Tell me I'm great. Tell me you love the guests so I can keep doing this for free. It means a lot if you guys just hit that subscribe button, rate and review, and we're along on our way. Right now, enough of me talking. Here is guest number one, former two-time welterweight, challenger, welterweight title challenger, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. UFC 264, the first the event first. in Las Vegas since UFC 248 with fans. This gentleman right here, an old friend of mine, He's in the co-main event taking on fellow top-ranked welterweight contender Gilbert Burns, the one and only Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And good gosh, that hair. I was saying before we hit the record button, that is some sexy hair, Mr. Thompson. Thank you. Thank you. Got a fresh fade, you know. Got a looking sharp, ready for the week, for media day. <laughs> now, you did not do that for the media. Let's just be honest now. It's yeah, it's 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 always like this. Like I was telling you earlier, I wake up in the morning and it's like this. I don't even have to do anything. That is I guess I've trained it that well. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I've trained it that well. Now, when's the last time you got a haircut? I got a haircut actually it was last Friday. Wow. Got a haircut Friday. Well, see, but that's not are you talking Friday just July second or Friday like near the end of June? No, no, yeah, uh, July 2nd. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah, a little, yeah. By the time we get to Saturday, that may be a completely different story. We're only at it, it might. It might be. Maybe a disaster, but you know what? I'm going out there to scrap, so it don't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> now, I made a mistake because I we were talking, and I'm like, how's married life? And you just failed. I just failed miserably after talking to you for so many years that you're not married. And no. you plan on getting married because looking at that hair, ladies would dig hair like that. I have a shaved head. My wife loves it. So it looks good. It looks good. I'm just saying for me, uh, you know, I, it, you don't, you pull it off very nicely. I try. I try. It's hard. Yes, I don't I, have to do anything. That's the great part. I used to hate in high school having to put the mousse in and the hairspray. And it's like, I'm tired of putting in this effort. It, it doesn't. What's the point? exactly exactly you know what i mean i don't have to put anything in this i just i just wake up and it's like that it's weird <laughs> i love it you know you as we were saying you know t-mobile arena full capacity crowd sold out weeks in advance how does it just feel knowing hey i'm gonna get to step in the octagon and i'm not gonna just have to see ufc personnel and just training partners and training team and the opponent's training team you're going to have 21,000 screaming fans in the arena. Yes, and that's what I'm excited about. It was cool to have that experience, you know, fighting last December, not having anybody in the arena. It was just, it was just weird. It was very cool. But uh, there's nothing like having fans out there, you know, giving you that energy, giving you that vibe, 
when you step out in that in that octagon, you know, and that's who we ultimately do it for. Obviously, for, for me, it's for the honor and the glory, but I would do it for the fans. Was there any when you got in there in December with Jeff, was there any. Did it take you a moment when you walked in and you're like, man, this is totally different or or just watching shows and seeing what it was all about? You had mentally prepared yourself already. Yeah, yeah, you already mentally prepared yourself for it. But then, you know, when it's fight day, you're not really thinking about that. You're, you're focused on the fight. You're focused on what you got to do out in the octagon um, all the way up until you step out there. And then once you step out there, there's no more thinking. It's just reaction. You know, we were talking about Chris earlier, and we'll get into your brother-in-law right now. And how is he doing? I know he's down in your neck of the woods right now. And how is everything with the broken leg? We, I've seen some stuff on Twitter and Instagram that he's, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing a little light work in the gym and everything like that. It seems like he's walking around okay right now. Yeah. How is Chris yeah, doing he, these things? He's doing good, man. He moved down to to um, Fort Mill, South Carolina. So about an hour and a half away from us, but on, you know, closer to Charlotte area, but on the South Carolina side, but he's great, man. He's loving it. He's got a good core of people around him, keep him focused, keep his mind right. So he's with his kids, man. He's living life, started his own YouTube channel, podcast, everything. I saw that. He's had Anderson Silva on it, which was, which was really cool. Had myself on it as well. You know, it's a, it's a cool podcast of people that have gone through adversity. You know, obviously Anderson Silva with his shin break and me tearing every ligament in my left leg and was told not to fight it. I wouldn't be able to fight ever again, but um, man, he's great. I mean, he's up moving on it. It's, it's crazy how fast he's moving on it. So I know he's got to get x-ray on it to see how everything's healing up here soon. So we'll find out how fast the healing's going, but from the looks of it, man, he's doing great. You should have been the first guess your family. No, if I like Anderson, I don't don't get me wrong. I've talked to Anderson numerous times. Anderson's the goat. One of the goats in my mind, but that doesn't beat family. I'm going to have to talk oh, to Chris about this. Thank you. You got to talk to Chris <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, you got to talk. You got to slap him in the head for me. Now, see, you can get away with that because you're a kick-ass mixed martial arts fighter. I'm just a five foot eleven journalist with, <laughs> with not as much as athleticism as you, Mr. Thompson. Well, thank you. Thank you. But you can always work on it, man. You can always get better. But you I'm can also go 40, train, find a gym. But I'm 40. I just turned 40. Dude, I'm right behind you. I'm 38. I'm right behind you. You thinking about that at all? You know, that I started thinking Not about at it at around like 37. I'm like, and then my wife would always be like, hey, you're going to be 40 soon. And then it just kept creeping up. And it, Yeah, it man, happened. it does. I haven't really thought about it, to be honest with you. I feel like I'm 25 years old. I feel great, you know, staying in shape. That always helps out, you know, teaching kids classes. They keep, they help keep you young as well. Oh, yeah. So everything's great. I feel good. Should have kids someday. Trust me. Oh, they'll, I know. I've got, they'll, they'll make you old very quickly. I promise. That's what I hear. I've got 13 nieces and nephews. Ooh. So everybody's waiting on me. Everybody's like, come on, Steven, when are you next? So I know they're a handful for sure. Is it one of those where you just kind of shrug and you just kind of let the comment just go in one ear and out the other? Or are you just like, oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been one of those. Yeah, whatever, you know, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. <laughs> you get around when you're ready. You got you got a mixed martial arts career to take care of. Exactly. Got a small window to kind of do what I want to do with it. And we're focused on that so far. You know, you talk about when you had your leg injury and did Chris come to you and be like, hey, how did you mentally and physically get through this all? 
you know, I think just over the years of being, you know, one of my best friends, I think he, you know, that question has come up a lot. So he really didn't have to ask me. He already knew. He already knew what my mindset was like, um, what the adversity is going to be like, how hard it's going to be to recover. But uh, so he was prepared for that. He knows my story. And we talked about it too, again, just on the podcast, just to let everybody else know who's going through stuff like that. So, which is why he wanted me on for sure. So he, he already knew, man, he, he knows my, he knew my struggle. Um, and he's been through a lot as well with the neck surgeries and the thumb surgeries and the 13 knee surgeries. And he's been through it, man. How do you, how does one mentally, cause I've broken bones, I've torn, torn ligaments, but how do you go through like what you went through? Because I remember seeing that it, ugh. And same when we look at Chris, we look at Anderson, it's you count yeah. on one hand how many times it's happened in the sport. And how does one mentally come back from something like that? Well, kind of like I was saying before, you know, number one, you have to have a core group of people around you. You know, you got to have those people that you can sit down, you can talk to, that can motivate you when you're feeling down. And I surround myself with those people. I, I know Chris does too. I'm one of them. So, you know, I had a mindset and never giving up and knowing what your goals are. And, and for me, it was the doctor telling me I would never do it again. That was a challenge for me. You know, that was the challenge that said it, like, it's not happening. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to fight. I'm going to step out in the cage. I'm going to step out in the ring once again. And there's nothing that you can say is going to prevent that. So I think it's, it could be the competitiveness in me as well. But I think the biggest thing is having my dad, my family, my friends, my training coaches, my sparring partners to help get you through those kind of adversities. You know, you look at what's coming up this weekend, and once again, you are on a Conor McGregor card, and the most notable card you were on was the first show at Madison Square Garden, and you faced Tyron Woodley for the t- the first fight with Tyron for the title. And it's a week – talking to people in the UFC, they, they always say, and I've been to McGregor weeks, it's a week unlike any other. How do you compare fighting on a Conor McGregor week to a, when you're fighting on another pay-per-view? It's wild, man. Yeah, I fought on UFC 205. I've been to fights where Conor McGregor's on the card. And it's, man, the fans come out from all over the place to see this guy fight. He puts on a show, man. He's got to get the gab. He's got the whole package, which is why everybody likes to see him fight. And he can back it up. Does that give you – I always look at this one when fighters are on – especially in the position you're in, because you're the fight before his, that's when everyone's in the arena. Everyone's sitting, if they're watching at home, they're sitting and they're watching at home and they're, they're going to see you fight. You feel like it also benefits you because you're going to have a whole new set of eyeballs in a brand new audience watching you, which gives you the potential to make new fans, which in turn could turn around to you making more money and helping your bottom line. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, fighting on a Conor McGregor card is, is always helps you with the fans for sure. But, um, you know, it's the excitement that everybody wants to see. And, and the excitement of what, is what I love about it. It's why I like being on Conor cards because, you know, the vibe, man, you get, the vibe is like no other. You know, UFC 205, that was ridiculous. That was at Madison Square Garden. Of course, everybody's talking about this being one of the best cards of the year, too. Everybody always asks me, how do you get on these crazy sick cards? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Steven man. Thompson. I'm just what? I, yeah, I'm Stephen Thompson, I guess. I'm just along for the ride, man. You're Steve. I have two theories on this. Beyond you being Stephen Thompson, 
Dana White loves you. I, we're just going to say that. I know Dana's a fan of you. And the fact you're just a very exciting fighter. Those Thank two you. always works Thank out. Thank you. There you gonna, go. If there we're going to be honest exciting. about it. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm an NMF, I, you know, the nicest guy out there, I guess. Now, who you want to, who are we going to fight for this NMF title? I always said, I would have to say you and like, like a Damian Maya. Because you look at the rest of these welterweights, Stephen. Yeah. You know, Gilbert's a nice guy. I, Gilbert is a very nice guy. Gilbert, Vicente Luque, Max yeah. Holloway, another NMF right there. Um, but yeah, yeah, Damian Maya. They were talking about Junior Dos Santos being yes. one of the nicest guys as well. So there's a lot of them out there, man. A lot of them out there. But I gotta, I'm, I have the title. I reign. I am the reigning champ of the NMF. So I gotta keep it. You gotta get the UFC to make a belt for this. I know, man. They spent a, a pretty penny on the BMF. They need to spend one on the NMF. I love my NMF belt. I love my NMF belt. You gotta get one made. <laughs> get one I do made. have one made. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Where's it at? I got two of them. You can see it actually on, on my podcast, on my YouTube channel. It's in the background. You know what? I'm going to, as soon as we get out of here, I'm going to check it out. So I'm talking check to Sean out. O'Malley about 10 in a little bit here. So before I talk to Sean, I will definitely be checking that out. And, you know, a lot on, you know, you talk, we talk about UFC 205 and you face Tyron. I want to ask your thoughts on this. What do you make of him getting into boxing and facing Jake Paul on August 28th? Man, it's, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, you know, you stepping out there with Tyron Woodley, man, Tyron Woodley th- can throw some bombs and he can box a little bit too. You see him working with Mayweather. Um, Hey man, you know, hats off to the guy stepping into another sport, um, and potentially make some good money. So, you know, you know, hats off to Tyron man and the Paul brothers. What do you make of stuff like that? You know, cause you know, you come up from a karate background and as an, yeah, as an athlete, like, I feel like these guys don't even deserve to step in the ring with these guys, these legends, you know, but as an entertainer, as a YouTuber as well, these, you know, the Paul brothers are making moves they're making money. Every time they fight, they're making millions and they're bringing the eyes to themselves. What do you make of, you know, right now only really Clarissa Shields has made the venture from boxing into MMA. Do you think we should see more boxers come into MMA? Cause it's like, wait a minute. If why, why is everyone from MMA going into boxing? I know I'd like to see some more boxers. That's why I give her a ton of credit because she's doing something that no man so far has really been willing to do and give it a legitimate chance. Right. It's because because it's such a difficult move from boxing to MMA. It's easier for MMA to boxing because you're only working on one skill set. It's harder to learn those other two skill sets at a fast pace, you know, especially if somebody who's been in boxing for a long time. You know, the wrestling, the jujitsu is such it's so new. And I know personally how difficult it can be. You know, a couple more questions, Stephen, and thank you so much for the time today. It's always appreciated, my friend. And you look at what's on the line here. You know, you know, I know anyone that follows the sport knows what's really on the line for here with the win. How do you keep, how do you keep it everything dialed in and focused on Gilbert and not trying to look a little bit too far ahead towards a possible shot with Kamara Usman? Because I know I, I've, I've fought guys who've looked past me. You can't look past opponents, man. You got to worry about the task in front of the task at hand, which is Gilbert Burns, who is a puzzle in himself. You know, he's very well-rounded, very good striking, very good jujitsu. So, and I got to navigate myself through all of that tomorrow. I know it's only 15 minutes, but 15 minutes can seem like hours out there. So I know what I got to do. I know um, I've been in the game for a long time and I think experience has a lot to do with it. You know, you look at, 
what's on the line. And do you feel, cause you're really the guy that no one's talking about at 170. Everyone's talking about Colby. So also, everyone's still talking about Jorge, Leon Edwards. Where do you feel you stand at 170? What does a win do for you here? I think a good win over Gilbert Burns, man, definitely puts me in that, that, that talk contendership with fighting Kamaru Usman. I'm one of the only guys that haven't fought him. You know, everybody else has fought this guy in the top 10, top five. So here I am. I know the fans want to see it. Um, you know, they're talking about Colby Covington, uh, which I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why that's happening. But Leon Edwards, at least, this guy's got a nine-fight winning streak. Yes, he's already fought Kamaru Usman, but I don't understand why he's not, he hasn't fought yet. But I know I'll be right there with him. So a good win over Gilbert Burns, you know, uh, I'll be right there for that title shot for sure. And we'll end with this. When you envision the fight in your head at UFC 264, how do you beat Gilbert Burns? You know what? Obviously, for me, it's definitely keep the fight standing. You know, that's, that's what I've always done. You know, obviously, I work on my wrestling. Jiu-Jitsu is getting better every day. But the knockout is what everybody wants to see. It's the stand-up is what everybody wants to see. And every fight starts standing up. So I know he's going to be looking to shoot at some point in time or early on, later on. It doesn't matter. And uh, I always visualize my hand being raised. And that's how I do it. Don't predict any knockouts. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I visualize my hand being raised. UFC 264 takes place on Saturday night from the sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Catch it here in the United States on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. He's in the co-main event against Gilbert Burns, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Wonderboy, always a pleasure, my friend. It's been too long. Bring home that victory, and we can talk a little bit sooner next time around, my friend. You got it, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. Definitely a pleasure. All right, Steve. Talk to you, buddy. Yes, sir. A big thank you to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Looking forward to that one. He got me all fired up. Got me a little juicy in my bones. Facing Gilbert Burns, co-main event, UFC 264. He's in a very prime position. Because that's when the fans are going to be in there. Everyone's going to be at home as going to have all the food together. All the buddies are going to be together. The, can, the refreshments are going to be there. It's going to be that time. Can Wonderboy Thompson, Wonder Thompson pull through? I don't know. We're going to find out. Plain and simple. Can he get it done? It's a 50-50. It's one of those, like I was just going to say, it's a 50-50 fight. So we're definitely going to see. I'm looking forward to it. A win would be three in a row. Third good win. I don't see it in Colby Covington. One one victory, one fight in 19 months over a guy who was on a severe downward spiral in Tyron Woodley. To me, that doesn't do it. Leon Edwards nearly got stopped by Nate, if, by Nate Diaz. If Diaz had another minute, I think we're having a totally different conversation. I think we're talking Nate Diaz, Kamara Usman. I really do. So... It's going to be very, very interesting to see what the UFC does. If Wonderboy does what Wonderboy feels like he's going to do. And all honestly, I think it's a fight Wonderboy can easily win. But I think Burns can win too. It's a very good, intriguing fight. I'm looking forward to it. UFC 264. The wait is over. I've been looking forward to it. I, you know, I have hit lists each year. On Jan 1, I'll sit I'll sit there while I'm watching college football. And I'll have a list of who I want to talk to in MMA, who I want to talk to in boxing, and who I want to talk to in pro wrestling. In MMA, 
this next guest, I got to check that off earlier this week. It was definitely a pleasure. It was definitely an honor because I really see this guy being the next big thing in the UFC. And he's already on his way there. He's got a great social media following and he's backing it up inside the octagon. Here is Sugar Sean O'Malley. UFC 264 Fight Week continues. The big show takes place on Saturday night from the sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, headlined by the trilogy between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. This gentleman is kicking off the main card against a new opponent, not Luis Smolko, who everyone thought he was going to be facing, now facing Chris Montino, the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley. And Sean, we were talking with the hat. Where can I get one of those fine hats, my friend? Yeah, these uh, these were popping. We just dropped them, um, uh, sugarshop.co. And, yeah, these are dope. The, hat, the, the whole merch line is sweet, but the hats are, are fucking sweet. How involved are you in the, in the process of, like, I see you got the jersey on right there and the hats, and how involved are you in the entire process? Um, I, I usually go with the color scheme, what I want to do with the next merch drop. And then they send me kind of ideas of, of what, of, uh, what I like and don't like and stuff and just kind of go through that. As far as designing that I can't design shit, I can hardly draw a fucking circle on a piece of paper. So I just pick and choose. So art, was it one of your best subjects in school? I'm going to take it. I don't think I had a best subject in school. (laughs) But why is that? You seem like a very intelligent guy. Yeah, school fucking, I didn't, I just didn't like anything. I don't know. Um, they just had the wrong subjects in there. Now, if it was up to Sean O'Malley, what kind of subjects would you have, what would have been the preference of choice? Um, good question. Um, at, at, at a young age, something to do with streaming, teach you how to work, teach you how to use YouTube how to create content, how to use Twitch, how to uh, engage in, in um, you know, communication skills. I don't know. Depends what mindset I'm in. If I'm in high school, I don't want to learn anything other than just, you know, hang out with friends and, and, and kickbox and play sports. So it's hard to say. You know, I look at this, the new generation, and, I, and I've put you in this with the Paul brothers, guys like Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis, and yourself where you have, I call them the next gen of fighters to where you guys get it to where, you know, what's going to tick for people. You went from being on the contender series to becoming a big star fairly quickly. One of the quite arguably the biggest star at 135. What was it for you that just been like, okay, I have to go a different route than these other guys to get to the top, not just in the UFC, but all of the sports world. Yeah really i just do things that i enjoy doing uh i think the reason i became such a big star is obviously the performances the way i'm knocking people out and then it's like okay now i'm gonna i gotta train for a couple hours a day and i've always enjoyed gaming so i'm gonna go stream now make money on that and then create creating podcasts with with my my coach tim my brother daniel i'm really just doing things that i enjoy doing that turn into uh revenue so streaming on twitch is just something i I like to do and it you know i think it helps obviously engage in in my with my fans um creating content on youtube instagram they're all six figure income you know i'm getting i make more money depending on how many times i fight a year doing other stuff 
fighting definitely helps all those other platforms without the ufc i don't have that big platform but the instagram youtube twitch tiktok all those things are just really things that i enjoy doing that somehow you make money doing it why is it that like you garcia tank and the paul brothers why does it seem like you guys get it and everyone else is kind of really still lagging behind in all honesty I, don't, I think it comes down to like a personality thing. I think it's just, I'm, I, I'm being myself. I feel like um, just doing shit that I like to do. And some people don't want to create content. They don't want to have to deal with engaging in those kind of activities all day. They would rather do other stuff. So I think it's just comes down to uh, people that create content tend to enjoy it or they know it's a way to make money and they just, look at it as work like i don't freaking really want to do this but this is part of my job now so i think um i mean with jake and logan they're they've been doing it for so long they're black belts in creating content um you know i've i'm i'm just getting started you know in the entertainment business so it's it's fun are you in and I'm, i don't know how the right way to word this because i've seen something with conor mcgregor he goes i'm a business and I am a man, not businessman. Do you view yourself in that same context? Yeah, I like to think, of, I mean, people are so mad that I'm fighting this unranked guy um, that no one knows who's not signed to the UFC. It's like, I'm a businessman that is good at fighting. They offered me, you know, I'm getting paid the same whether I fight him or Francis. I'm not getting paid anymore to fight anyone different. So... I'm going to take this opportunity to go out there, get a nice knockout, get paid and see who's next. So it's, I would consider myself a businessman for sure. Rather. I mean, I'm a, yeah, I'm a businessman slash athlete. I see. So I was talking to Wonderboy Thompson earlier about this. I want to ask you the same question because I don't think you've ever fought on a Conor McGregor card. If my mind in my correct. looking at stats I had was correct. And how does this help your brain? How does this help build the Sean O'Malley brand? Because you're kicking things off. You're people are buying this pay-per-view for Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. But the first face they're gonna see in that octagon for the main card is going to be you. So how do you think being in this position is gonna help build the Sean O'Malley brand? Yeah, it's just gonna make everything go up for sure with 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 all my platforms. The more numbers i have the more followers i have on every platform the more i make from sponsors the more you know hopefully i'll end up getting paid from the ufc um yeah i think i mean to be honest i think i'm a i'm a star obviously in the ufc i think i could do good pay-per-view numbers myself um but the fact that connor and dustin are headlining this pay-per-view is is definitely just going to bring a lot more eyeballs than if they weren't so um i, I do think i'm going to take not take I me mean, the, the, the th nice thing about being a fan, a UFC fan, you can have multiple f favorite fighters. You're going to be like, this, my, these are my guys. So um, yeah, I just plan on, you know, taking a lot of fans away uh, July 10th. What is it about you that I know it does because I'm involved in the sport, but for the casual fight fan, what is it about you that really resonates with the fight fans? I, I don't know to be honest I get asked that a lot I don't really know what it is that um you know I, I have a lot of podcasts a lot of video out there of me just being me and just um 
organic, genuine content that a lot of people can see. And I, I just think it comes down to my performances. I'm knocking people. I'm a, I was just this skinny dude, um, this skinny dude with curly head knocking people out in, in, on the contender series. People are like, how does that, how is that even possible? How did he knock them out? Um, you know, and I've continued to knock people out in spectacular fashion. I really just think that's what it comes down to is, is my performances. I've thought about, thought about this comparison for the last 24 hours where I knew we were going to talk and I'm, I want to see what you think about this. I view you the way you've built your brand in a short amount of time in a way that Connor did when he entered the UFC. Is it fair, make a fair assessment to say that you are the bantamweight version of Connor McGregor at this point in the game? Bantamweight version. As, um, yeah, I think uh, as far as popularity is going, I'm, I'm in the right direction. I think skill set, um, I think I'm a better, you know, I think I have more tools, more weapons, more skilled, but that's, you know, any, that's obviously my opinion, but I, I, I just truly believe in my skills that I think, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be, um, I, I think you could say that the bantamweight Connor, I, I think I, I, at the end of the day, I'm sugar and, and there's just, you, you can't compare sugar to anyone i think we're i'm gonna really take over and just be something way bigger than anyone's ever seen two more questions sean and thank you so much for the time today it's greatly appreciated and yes you said something right there at the end that i thought was so intriguing because you said earlier about getting into the main events and how far do you think you are from next if we're comparing apples to oranges in terms of names into the division you're right at the top of the heap or you're just right there how many more fights do you think you need to be like, can, can we do this now? Can, at least start with fight night main events and then we'll build up towards a title shot. I don't want to fight no main events list for a title. I'm I not trying to fight. Main, I don't, they don't pay me enough. Like I'm not going to go fight 10 extra minutes or at least train. It's not even the fight itself. It's the training that's involved for a five round compared to a three rounder. I, I just, I mean, is, is the money worth me to give you like 20,000 extra dollars or something? It's like, that's not really fucking worth it. So I'm straight. Uh, I'm good with being co-main. I'll fight co-main until, until I get the title shot. So I get the headliner on the pay-per-views. But uh, I think, um, you know, this fight, go out there, knock him out in spectacular fashion, call out the dude I want to fight. They give me that fight. I knock him out. I'm fighting for a title. Moving up to 45 here in the next couple of years. That's how I see this playing out. But also, fighting's fucking crazy. Anything could happen. So, I, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the idea. Um, but it's not, I'm not stuck to it. You know, this game has already taken me on a bunch of different paths that I wasn't planning on, and I just go with the flow. So really, whatever happens is is good with me. But yeah, I think I knock this dude out. I get, I get I make a good call out, and I get that opponent. I go out there, and knock him out, and and I, I get a title shot. I'm trying to envision who you're gonna call out. I'm gonna go with Dominic Cruz. I tried to call him out. He's he's whoop, 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 ducking that. But yeah, we'll see. I mean. I got, I got a, I got a good little something to say. Any hints? No, <laughs> you guys, you guys, it'll make sense. <laughs> when we, when we envision the, when you envision the fight at night, Sean, when you're thinking about what's going to happen at UFC 264, how do you envision winning the fight? Uh, honestly, when I close my eyes, and lay down, I try to think of the most insane KOs that no one's ever seen and how I can pull that off. So, um, I got some things cooking. 
he kicks off the main card at Saturday's UFC 264 against Chris Montino from the sold-out T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can catch it on ESPN Plus pay-per-view, headlined by the trilogy between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, the Sugar Sean, Sugar Sugar Shack, or Sugar Sean. Sugar a lot of it's Sugar Show, Sugar Sean. People call me Sugar Shane. Fuck it, I don't know. Whatever. You don't like Sugar, Sugar. Shack? Shake Shack, anything. I don't know. I, I respond to pretty much anything. Call me douche, bag. I'll be like, Oh, <laughs> you're definitely not one of those Sugar Sean or Mally Sean. You're one of the guys I've wanted to talk to this year. I've talked to everyone in MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. You're one of the guys on my list. Thank you for the time, Sean. Yes, it's sir. definitely been a pleasure. Look forward to that KO. And let's see who you call out, Sean. I can't wait to see. Perfect. Thank you, man. Have a good one. All right. You too, Sean. Thank you. A big thank you. Sean O'Malley and I'm hey I'm down with the sugar show I'll admit it yeah I'm a journalist not afraid to deny that but I'm on that train chugga chugga choo 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 as my two-year-old says choo choos da da choo choos I'm down for the cause here I really am O'Malley checks every box He's got the charisma. He's got the look. He's got the gift of gab. But the most important thing, he's winning, and he's winning in impressive fashion. That's what you want out of fighters. That's how fighters become superstars. Look at Conor McGregor. Knocking people out, the gift of gab, made him the biggest star in the history of the UFC. One of the biggest in the history of combat sports. Plain and simple. This it really it really isn't too difficult to figure out if we're just being honest with ourselves. I know that's hard for some people, but in God's honest, brutal truth, that's how you become star. O'Malley's navigating this right. He's doing everything the right way. He's just gotta keep winning. The wins will take care of themselves. The wins take care of themselves, and it helps all the other ventures that he's doing. So I can't knock the hustle. I really, really can't. A lot coming up, guys. Really, really a lot coming up here. If we really just look at if the news goes down on Friday, what is expected regarding Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, there will be a breaking news audio podcast. Also be a UFC 264 preview show. I am going to do that Friday night for Saturday morning. And then there will be a live post show of UFC 264. That'll be on the Facebook page. And that's simple. Just go to Facebook, go to the search tab, type in the walkway to fight club. Boom. You're right there. Or youtube.com forward slash walk the walkway to fight club. Pretty simple. That's how, that's how it's done. We're on Twitter at walkway fight. You can also find the podcast on Instagram. At walk <laughs> at uh, on Instagram, I so apologize. Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. Next week, ooh, we got some good stuff. The founder, the creator of the New World Order. I think that's enough. Easy E. Eric Bischoff is back on the podcast. Wednesday was the 25-year anniversary of the NWO. 
I had a great chat with Eric. We talked about literally just that, like, time frame from the power bomb he took from Kevin Ash at the, at the Great American Bash in 1996 to the night until when Hulk Hogan turned heel and changed the course of wrestling history. We talked about that for over an hour. It was great. We talked about Hogan's views. When did he feel confident Hogan would turn? And I thought that was so interesting. Oh, my God. I I literally peed my pants when he said that. I was in such shock. Was there a plan C if it wasn't Sting or Hulk Hogan? And a whole lot more. A lot of great conversation. I am so looking forward to you guys listening to that. That will be up next week. Brian Castano, the WBO junior middleweight champion, he faces. And I can't even believe the fight is finally going to happen. We will have, for the first time ever, an undisputed 154-pound champion when Brian Castano meets the WBA Super, the IBF, and the WBC Junior Middleweight Champion, Jermel Charlo, next Saturday night in San Antonio. First time, man, it's so hard to believe. First time ever, there'll be an undisputed champion at 154 pounds. And who knows what else is going to happen next week. But those are definitely two guests that are already lined up for next week. I'll talk to Brian on Monday. That'll be up later in the week. Eric Bischoff will be up probably Tuesday if everything goes right in, in my universe and we get things, all the ducks in a row. That is right now the running plan. I'm looking forward to that. Don't forget, guys, subscribe, rate, review to the podcast. That determines all of the podcast success. It really does. Just subscribe and rate. Tell a friend. Tell your mailman. Tell the FedEx guy, the UPS guy. Tell your neighbor. Tell the family. Tell everybody. This is the creme de la creme. Yes, my work at the zone allows me these opportunities, but I'm not going to let you down. This podcast is roaring. And I want you guys to be along for the journey because we're about to embark on a crazy ride here. And it keeps continuing. Thank you to Sean O'Malley. Thank you to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Thank you to the Ultimate Fighting Championship for helping coordinate these interviews. It really does mean a lot. It's so greatly appreciated from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to everyone that listens. I will catch you guys Friday. This is Stephen Milhouse. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace. I'm out of here.